Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another Snap No Tap podcast. I'm Tony Cicchini, along with Martin Vitkowski. Dino Martino, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Tony. I am uh, enjoying the last few warm days of uh, the fall, and then I'm going to pack away all my summer clothes and get the winter jackets out for the next 12 months. Yeah, you know, I, I actually did that today. Not the jacket part, but I, gotta, I put some stuff up in the attic, and I'm moving stuff around, and trying to get things arranged. Yeah. Even though I don't really go out, I, I want to go out, you know? Um, yeah. You know, though, I, I, I think it's okay that we get to four seasons and for those folks who, who, who don't live in Chicago or land or whatever, uh, our, our winters the last several years have been relatively mild. I mean, we do get some storms, but you know, don't you think the winters have been getting milder? Yeah, they're not bad. And, uh, you know, speaking of going out, I, I thought we didn't talk about this, but one of the iconic Chicago landmarks is closed. We talked about the Drake, which renovated, but the Signature Room is now closed. Uh, for those who don't know, Signature Room was a beautiful like restaurant with awesome views of the lake at, at the Hancock building. So that's been there for years. And it's just like a real shame that it closed down. Why? I didn't hear about this. It was pretty sudden, and I nobody really knows what their plans are going to be. You know that that's beautiful space. They're going to do something, I'm sure, eventually. But it's hard to believe that that things have uh, gone to this point where you know people just don't want to go out anymore. You know, I was just talking to somebody about that just moments ago, really, um, about because uh, my my friend Scott wants to go to downtown Chicago. I mentioned that to you, but his health is just I don't think it's going to. Well, we'll try, but I don't see it. So I was telling my friend. Uh, Lori number three, I know a lot of Lori, so they all have to be numbered. Uh, Lori number three about Chicago, and she's, uh, uh, you know, oh, you'll meet this person, you'll meet women, this or that. No, uh, I said, it's not like it was 20 years ago. I said, the people just don't go out. I said, a lot of it, especially when it's involving women, you know, like with Scott or whoever, they do the internet so much, you know, the online dating, it's like they don't even go out to meet anybody anymore. They do the bullshit online. And of course we've all done the online thing. And it's, I think it's a big thumbs down. <clears throat> I mean, you always hear about the people who got married or this or that, but you don't, they don't ever talk about all the failures. Right. You know? Yeah. And we've also complained about how people don't want to come out and, you know, just get a workout in anymore either. That that's now, a physical presence is really hard to come by. But we did have a seminar last weekend, and we did have a few people come out. And uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, this month we'll just get, or not, well, October. Um, we'll come up next week. We'll we'll give the the, the firm date. Um, yeah, it was a great little thing. And I like, uh, somebody had emailed me in about what are you, what are you going to teach and so on. And I tried to tell them and I thought this was, well, this should have been a positive in most people's minds. It is, but in this person's, I guess it wasn't a positive. And I said, it's potluck. You know, if one of the participants wants to see something, let's talk about it and I'll show it. The next person, what do, what do they want to see? I'll show it. I, I'm capable of doing that. I don't have to have things planned. And I like that because it's spontaneous for me. Uh, and I always work the best that way. And it takes off the uh, the uh, the planning on my part. So, like, for example, I could teach something. Oh, I'll just say, you know, a toehold seminar, whatever. Maybe the people just aren't into that, you know, uh, because, well, I'm a white belt or I'm a blue belt in jujitsu and I'm not allowed to do toehold, so I'm not coming. 
Whereas, well, I could still teach you stuff that would, you know, elevate you. So, I, I like our format. I like that we keep it that way. And we did some boxing, uh, some sparring, and some ground stuff. And it's all about scientific principles that it just seems that, you know, people don't want to cover. I don't know if they don't know it. A lot of them don't really know it, but they think it's boring. And it's not. It's the foundation. Yeah, and you know, because of your body of knowledge, there is always something new. Like I've I've never seen this pin that uh, you showed us that involves both. It's really a basic entry. It is a crossbody pin, and then you just reach over and control the head and pin the head down and drive into it by you know holding onto the uh, the chin. It's it's an absolutely devastating hold. <laughs> But I, I haven't seen you show this before. So, you know, I encourage people to come out. There's always something new. Well, that's what works when when you people do something. Because, you know, I can't think of everything. And then when you say something, I'm like, well, here's what you do. Or here's what you can do. And it taps into my brain. That's just the way I work. But it's also like, um, you know, music. Like when you're playing, uh, every musician that's quality, okay, Always would have like, let's say you're playing in a nightclub or a bar, you know, small place. You have you have your tip jar, and that's for people who would come up and request a song. Now, musicians, if they can play the song, that tells you a couple things. They knew the song, but they just didn't think to play it or play it at that point in time. So it took an audience member to say, "Hey, can you play blah 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 Moon River? Henry Mancini's Moon River." Oh yeah, sure, here you go. And that's how it is with me with this stuff. I can't think of. I mean, I know so many techniques and stuff that I can't think of everything. So sometimes when you request something, I'm like, oh, sure, let's do this. I enjoy that. Right. And we did cover some pretty basic boxing because, you know, our, our level of experience is low. Uh, but you did talk about, uh, you know, being able to kind of reset yourself when under attack and when on defensive, really. And uh, I wanted to um, tie this out to some of the stuff that was going on in Chicago. So. Um, it's made national news. There's been a pretty graphic robbery. I mean, at the end of the day, nothing really happened to this guy because he got pummeled on um, on the way, I guess, on his lunch break. But what, what I wanted to you to talk about is kind of like the basic principles of, you know, being on the street and street safety and realistic fighting, which, you know, were completely absent here from the poor victim. Um, you know, this is... Uh, this is what what happened, really. This is like this was in an alley, and you can see the victim walk by these guys that were milling ar around. By the way, one of these people is wearing a full face mask in a, you know seventy degree weather. So, right there, you should know yeah. something is up. Yeah. And so this guy walks by them, and I mean, he's literally looking up at the sky. Yeah, keep it going. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, it doesn't take long. Can you blow that up to full screen? Uh, I can. Yeah, let's do that. There we go. Yeah, that's much better. So what do you think about that so far? Well, totally uh, preventable. Uh, well, let, all right. Let's start with the aggressor, the bad guy. He's not very tough. That's a good thing because – you can see he doesn't really know how to throw a punch and all of that is good for the 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 victim here um because he could have got waylaid and knocked unconscious from that very first blow but as you mentioned 
the guy, I guess it's the other guy that had a full face mask. This this guy's walking past two people, nonchalant. Yep, looking up in the sky, you know, uh, as if there's no care in the world. Uh, that's a problem. Now, what we don't see is how much of a warning did this guy have before he approached those two guys? So, like, what I'm saying is, was the victim further down the alley and walked all the way through? Um, because he shouldn't have even approached them. He should have turned around in that alley and went the other way. You know what I'm saying? Right, but he had a chance to go down a busier street. You know, he, going down another alley seems to be just doubling your risk. Exactly. And not only going down that, right, exactly. So you can't nonchalantly go about this, okay, with, as if there's not a care in the world. Um, yeah, he could have went another way. He could have started running. Okay, which is a smart move uh, to at least create distance. Um, And unfortunately, you and I can't see the rest of this neighborhood. I'm not sure. This looks like it's the north side for sure, but I don't know where. It's Bucktown Um, somewhere. I don't know exactly where. It's Bucktown? Bucktown. Yeah, somewhere around Gaiman. Well, you know, I don't know if there's businesses or gangways to go into, but you have to do something. Um, But... He had no situational awareness whatsoever, and 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 that's a problem. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, I don't, we'll see the rest of this, but thank goodness that the guy didn't stick him with something right away. Okay, let's watch. So far, those blows are, I don't know if the other guy's stomping on him. It's hard for me to see, but. It looks like they tried to get his bag off. Yeah, the the punches really aren't. Now, there's a car driving by. I mean, that's he's fighting, I guess, to keep his bag. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost. I mean, I hate. I'm not laughing at it. It's just almost. These guys don't look like they're. How can I word it? Like serious, serious, right? Um, because obviously they could, if they knew what they, if they were tough, tough, they could put a hell of a beating to this guy, um, and you know use weapons as well. Uh, I don't know what the final outcome was, but so far so good, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, there, there isn't really much more to this. I mean, the, the reality is the person just ended up with some cuts and bruises. Yeah, but thank what goodness. I, what I wanted to, to kind of focus on is the fact that, you know, he didn't really get knocked down with this punch. So when this happened right here, he didn't even yeah. get hit in the face. He kind of got clotheslined. Yeah, and it, and it looks like, yeah, and he kind of yeah lost his balance up against that fence too. You know, people have to understand something. Let's say this, the victim here, uh, did better, okay, and was able to escape and, you know, or through a couple of blows. I'm looking at the bigger picture here, and I'm going to focus on the fact that those two bad guys weren't that tough. They just weren't, okay? They weren't very skilled. They didn't even seem very mean. Matter of fact, when the one fell down, it looked like he was, he was laughing. He was laughing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is incredulous. almost like... Yeah, and he said something to the guy, and it just didn't look uh, like there was a lot of, you know, frenetic energy going on. Uh, and, and again, I'm saying this, that's a good thing for the victim, because it could have been 
terribly worse. What's bad is when, you know, you you survive it or people watch this and try to become educated from it. There are some serious as a heart attack people out there, bad guys, that would not, this would not, this outcome would not have been like this, okay? And that's what you have to always keep in mind. This victim uh, is lucky to be alive because if these are super hardcore people, he'd be probably dead. Uh, and he's got to learn to be completely oblivious or uh, to not be oblivious because learning how to fight wasn't even the problem. Okay. It wouldn't have taken him much training to be able to defend himself. It was all of that, not paying attention, being nonchalant, not looking at the clues that this guy had a full face mask on. You just don't want to approach people like that. It's not smart. Right. And, uh, you know, like I thought that maybe if with some basic experience, I'm not even talking about being skilled, but like, you know, that first punch missed, if he was able to kind of reset himself and then just make a run for it, he would have been better off. Oh, absolutely. But see, that's where it comes into play. You've got to know how to keep your guard. You got to know, you know, you're, you're, uh, the real guard standing up on your feet with your hands up, you know, boxing guard. And, um, you ha- you have to know your footwork and your angles. So you, like you said, you can run away. Um, it, it was just strange that the whole setup like that was, it's interesting to see it. Okay. And it, he got lucky. I mean, I, and no, I guess he really didn't because he got mugged, but he did get lucky. It could have been far worse. Let's see what he learns from that, if anything. But I thought, didn't he have earbuds on or maybe not? I don't even think he even had that. He was just like oblivious to everything. Yeah, right? and, it looks like he was eating then, something. and yeah, He was eating a pizza. But like, you know, if you get lucky that these guys are, didn't kill you with the first shot, you know, there's an opportunity to make something out of this, to get out of this situation a little better than he did. Yeah, you just don't want to, you want to try to avoid, you know, every, don't, there's no heroes left, okay? Just don't be a hero. Just be avoid it, avoid it because the, the, you don't know what you can open yourself. You know you're opening up a can of worms potentially. You don't know what you get yourself into. Avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Um, and another note too: that car that drove by. You know, when I was I where I live now, there's no alleys, but in Chicago there was a lot of alleys. Um, Cleveland didn't have any alleys at least not around where I went. But I learned real quick to always, even when I'm driving a car, try to look down the alleys if I can, just to see shit like this, just to see if there's any sort of problem. Um, And even for someone who's not skilled like you or I are, um, if you see something like that, just call 911, just report it, you know. That's right. So that's another thing I learned is that you can call in suspicious people. They don't have to be guilty of a crime for you to call them in. Mm-hmm. The cops will show up. Uh, so, you know, like people should just report these things and hopefully prevent them from happening. Well, how many times um, have the cops showed up to see you then? Right. Uh, just one so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty suspicious to me. Yeah, right. Uh, right. And, you know, it could be more serious. It could be, you know, they, they it could be end up like this guy here. You know, the, the old uh, um, Jim Rockford. Jim Rockford. Punch to the stomach. I mean, how many times have we seen this happen, Tony? I mean, this is terrible. That's a brutal beating. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, he was supposed to be the best pool player in um, 
uh, Norman, Oklahoma. He was supposed to be a real good pool player. I only saw a brief him doing two shots in some clip with uh, uh, Waylon Jennings. and He didn't look all that good, but, I mean, I heard Minnesota fans even said he was a good player. And uh, just Jay Helfert told me that he was a good player. So, But, yeah, you know, your your stomach boxers train hard their conditioning. And it used to be, well, it probably still is, that if a boxer would go down from a body shot, they would get raked over to coals by the announcers and by everybody else because they're not in condition. Now, none of us can walk around in that kind of shape all the time. You can't. I mean, you could get your stomach, though, fairly rough, fairly hard, but you have to see the punch coming. You have to, like in a boxing match, you're always tensed up. Legend has it. <laughs> That's how Harry Houdini got killed. He died because right. the punch to the stomach he wasn't prepared for. I mean, that could be a wives' tale, but you know, um, it does make sense if you're not expecting it. You know, it, it could be a problem. Um, but Rockford, well, he did get beat up. James Garner did get beat up once in real life in a car accident, which was. You, you should oh, read I didn't him. know that. I saw him yeah. get beat up in that show a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what was so great about the show. Rockford Files was the best because, you know, it was realistic. But, you know, yeah, you, you again, you have to train your body. I mean, if you're going to be in peak shape, you know, to absorb those body shots. Okay. And, I mean, it, it makes a difference. You know, I mean, when you're in shape, you can absorb most body shots, especially from unskilled or not highly trained or soft punchers all day long. And that's good. Because, you know, then you can, can you can uh, uh, protect your face more, uh, but also add into this in a street fight, e- even any good boxer um, will break the rules. And instead of hitting you to the stomach, they'll go just a little bit lower and hit you in the groin. And that's, right. you know, what you have to worry about. Um, I, so, yeah, I also heard an announcer say that it actually helps to uh, with body blows to be fat. It's just not a good trade-off, right? Like you can absorb a body blow better if you're fat, but like then you're fat. That's another set of problems. Yeah. You're not going to go 12 rounds with, you know, if you're a hundred pounds overweight. Yeah, I get it. But getting to the groin punch, this is where angles of footwork come into play. Okay. If in that situation, and I know this is just a quick clip, Rockford was an, in essence, almost squared up to the guy. He was presenting a full target. You never want to do that. You never want to let people get that kind of angle on you um, where, you know, you have, they have access. And again, I think sport, this is where sport, okay. From the sporting element element of it, you'll learn the footwork or the angles, but also the negative about the sport is that you're never concentrating on protecting your groin because you don't have to. Okay. In, you know, boxing or MMA or wrestling, you know, um, the, the, the groin's off limits. And that could be, that's a big, huge negative. Um, so there's a trade-off. Yes, you learn principles, but you can also end up handicapping yourself because you've exposed vital targets that you shouldn't expose. Right. And what you're saying is that you can't train your groin to be resistant to punches like you can train your body, right? Like that, that will always be a critical blow. Yeah, your eyes, your throat, your groin. Yeah, those are through. You can train your your neck, but I mean the groin, the eyeballs. Yeah, you're you're you got some problems. You can't you can't. Yeah, you can't uh, toughen those up. The the other thing that you see in sport is like there are some guys that have worked out a, a level of endurance or um, 
absorption to to um, just even like regular headshots, right? And uh, you know they, they 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 say they have a great chin, but I hate watching guys like that because it, it almost makes me sad that in a way sooner or later this catches up with them. And you know I wanted to show you this other clip of a guy who was legendary for a couple of years for being extremely resilient, right? But again, you can see that he's here. He's fighting a. a smaller opponent which guy are we looking for which colored pants so the the red corner the the red pants is a guy named uh joe joy so he was an olympian and he is um he was known as kind of a juggernaut you know he would just go there and and punch his way through people but look at the number of blows that first of all he's missing a lot and then the smaller man who fights a little bit like joe frazier he does yeah i i almost feel like he's very it's almost like a tribute <laughs> But what what ends up happening is like the number of punch, punches the smaller guy lands is just a lot. Well, something doesn't and, look right um, with Joe Joyce. His footwork, he looks flat-footed. Uh, there's no bounce in his step. There's no head movement, really. Uh, it, it, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's injured or if, if he's just not in condition. Um, this is the way he fights. And I hate yeah. watching him because, you know, he's a giant. Maybe you don't get that perspective because the other guy is pretty big too, even though he looks much smaller. But he's a six foot nine guy. Oh. But he's leaning so, a lot too, uh, leaning forward a lot, you know, his posture. Uh, the, the smaller guy uh, is stealing the round. I mean, he's got a lot, you know, he's given strange angles. And you're right, he looks very much like Joe Frazier um, coming in. Under, well, that's what you got to do. I mean, when you're fighting a guy that, you know, it's got six inches on you probably or whatever. Um, that was a little wild, but, uh, boy, yeah. I don't even see any snap in, in Joyce's punches. Oh, he went right down the middle there. See Again. how easy – well, Joyce is always right in front of him, okay? Yes. So, and, you know, you know, these kinds of fights make me anxious. Like, I, I don't like watching it because I feel like something bad's about to happen. You know, you have that feeling of dread. And yeah, you know, and you're. What's the other guy's name? Uh, that's Carlos Ta Takam. He's a he's a Cameroonian based out of France, but you know he's he's an experienced guy. Many fights. Um, well, I mean, he's probably no champ here level, but what he's doing is he's giving weird angles. See, he's using he fights the way I like to have people fight. The way I, I always movement. I always say, let's move my head or move your head. You know, move, move, move. So you're hard to pick off, you know, uh, whereas Joe Joyce is, is always there. I mean, his head is right there. Um, uh, Takam is missing those wild hooks because he's out of range. It's nothing that Joe Joyce is doing. Joyce is just almost standing his ground, but um, Takam just doesn't seem to have the, uh, the distance figured out just yet. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. I mean, the, guy, yeah. the other guy's like four or five inches taller than him. Right, so right. It, it's a much bigger distance that he has to cover. But in general, he's like landing a lot of shots on Joe Joyce, and that makes it, again, like a bad watching experience for me. I get agita when I see this. You know, like something <laughs> bad's going to happen. I so, and, and it does, right? Maybe not in this fight, but the next time he fights somebody who is more his size and this is a fight that happened just this past weekend. And you can see, let me share the screen again. 
you can see, um, you know, this is this is what I always expect to happen with Joe Joyce. He's puffy already. Well, re rewind that, please. Well, he's low. He's leaning forward, like you yeah. said. Yeah, that's no good. But he's his hands are low. Oh, he's trying to do like a Philly. Uh, okay. Uh, hold on. Let's see what's going on here. Keep it at this temple so I can. These guys are both giants. This well, is a six foot nine and another six foot nine guy. So the, the size disparity is gone here. Well, the Asian, or uh, he looks like he's Asian. He does. Chinese, yeah. shape. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See, he just walked right into that. Uh, he drops his hands, and he doesn't have any head movement, um, and he he got dropped. Can we see that again, like in full speed, like sure. regular speed? Yeah, okay, so he had a lot of power in that hook because – if you notice his body, it was angled so much, it was under torque, and he just let loose with that right hand. And, man, um, that that right cross just had all that torque behind it. He got his hip behind it. Um, maybe slow it down now so you can watch that portion of it. Um, well, okay, you got to rewind it now just a second. Okay, so what you want here – He's fighting southpaw there. Okay, boom, there's the torque. See, that hip just rotated right through it, and phew. He never got up. No. So, you know, I, I think what you've mentioned before when we do some training is that there should be, like, constant movement. You can't just lean forward and, and move. And then when you do that and you get into out of position, you should be trying to reset. This guy never resets. He never goes back. He never resets. He never does the things that make him less of a target, which is, again, why I don't like watching him because I feel like he's going to get drilled, and sooner or later he does. He just, you know, sometimes he fights guys that don't have the power to put him down. It's, in his defense, it's difficult when you're that big. You know, that's a lot of conditioning, a lot of, you know, it's hard when you're that tall. And back in the old days, you know, it was rare that you had a guy that big, Jesse Will Jess Willard, but he got de demolished by Dempsey and then, later on Primo Carnera, but we know all about Primo Carnera. Um, but yeah, getting taken that all out of play, you, you have to know the reset. You have to sometimes, when things aren't going your way, there's two things to do. Well, there's three things to do. Punch, but tie up or back out, okay? And that's sometimes when you got to clinch, when you just got to slow things down, clinch for a second or two, whatever. Let the ref break it up. Uh, or back out, you know, not back like straight back, but, you know, get out of it, you know, uh, with an angle, work, work those angles. Um, it just looked to me, I mean, I don't know either of these fighters personally. Uh, conditioning is, a, you know, is not there um, for sure. Uh, these flat-footed guys, not a lot of movement. Right. Um, but the other thing that, you know, you always uh, talk about, or at least you, you always point out how 
terrible our footwork is. And I always feel like it's a lot harder to work on foot, footwork than it is to work on the hands. Like, you know, I've just recently looked at a couple of recordings that we've made from our training sessions. And like, my hands are better than I thought they were, but my footwork is three times worse than I thought it was. Like, I'm just a horrible plotting monster. Um, and Well, that's on your good days. Right. And, and like, you know, it, I can I can see why it's really hard for you to correct that um, until we like do something in person, because I don't have the perspective of depth or distance when we're just talking about it. It's almost something you got to see and you got to feel. So you know, and like, also angles for me, camera angles or visual angles like, you know, I'm trapped. OK, I'm getting that one angle wherever the camera's set, whereas when you're in person, I can move a little bit and. You know, I can I can shift my perspective so I can see things. Um, there's a lot going on uh, with all of it, with your footwork, with your hands, with your you know your hips, your back, your neck, your head. Uh, there's a lot for a coach to watch. And importantly, though, you you first as a coach, I look at the overall picture. Like, what's the most glaring thing? Normally, it's either well, it's a combination of things. Your your hands are down. Your chin is way out. Uh, you're off balance. These are things that you know you should be able to pick up as a coach right away. Uh, and you, you yell out the, the advice: keep your hands up, keep your chin down, or whatever. Then, but there's other stuff. You know, like your footwork: is it too wide? Is it too narrow? Are you moving in the right direction? Is your balance off when you make that move? Because changing your footwork or changing your stance, I mean, your positioning is of no benefit to you if you're going to end up off balance, okay? Um, Now, in this last punch we just saw, he was going to go down no matter what. But many times, fighters can get knocked down just because they're off balance, all right? Now, in a boxing match, you might get right back up. In a street fight or in an MMA match, now now you're in a ground fight situation, right? Because a guy might just jump right down on the ground on you, and you don't need that. So... All of this comes into play. <clears throat> but now I'm glad you got a little appreciation of what I have to put up with, with your footwork. And I keep yelling at you. So I'm not yelling at you, but telling you, hey, you know, move right, watch your angles. Um, it, it, it's really it's really important. And it's hard, of course, because you're just using a heavy bag in your basement. You don't have somebody coming at you um, that's dynamic. But you've got to get that footwork f- correct against the heavy bag before you even think about doing it against a live guy. Right. And that's why, again, I encourage people to come to a seminar because in that physical space, we spend maybe two or three minutes uh, drilling footwork, but I have a lot now that I can think about, you know what I mean? Like people show up to the seminar, they get ideas and they can work with that on their own time and in their own opportunity. Um, one of the other things that uh, I wanted to kind of, uh, touch upon is that we, you know, we, we talked about um, also how to stand and how to really cover up and get low, not get stood up, not get exposed and kind of like um, hide your vitals by, by being covered. And, you know, there is a guy that I, I like watching um, this uh, guy, Demetrius uh, Andrade. Um, he has like a very low stance. And you'll see that a lot from him where he's just really, really low. And some of the commentators will will say that, you know, this is like 
advantageous because he's able to react very quickly. But I think you pointed out that this also keeps him out of out of harm's way because he's so compact. Well, I don't like the fact that he's dropping his hands a lot. You could still do that and tighten up, um, but that's just his way. But yeah, you're you're right. Uh, and this is okay in boxing. Naturally, we understand that in a grappling situation, you know, you can you got to watch that the guy doesn't anchor on your head, you know, and and have that um, uh, altitude over you so he could uh, come over top. But also conversely, if a boxer who also knows how to wrestle a little bit is getting that low, he's already beaten your head. He's probably going to beat your hands, and he's lowering – he's beating your hips. So he can throw a few punches or do what he's got to do, but he's got a, a good shot on getting in on your legs as well. So there's pros to this as well. Right. So I think I mentioned this at the seminar. Like I, I remember being very uh, active with my hands, like wrestling, just – if the guy gets really low, I would try to put my hand on his head just so I could feel where he he's going to do that shot because I, I'd get nervous, you know, that, that yeah. he's got a good uh, angle on, on the legs. And, you know, a guy with a quick shot, I mean, I don't know if I can sprawl fast enough to avoid it. Like, it's just that him being that low is to his advantage and my disadvantage. Well, it is. And, you know, coming again from a striking standpoint, all right, yeah, you, you know, you may be he may be vulnerable to getting need you know, a knee strike or a front kick of some sort. Um, but you have to, once again, take this in the concept of boxing. Uh, and yeah, it does prevent, I mean, certain targets you're not going to, you're not going to present. Um, like we were talking about earlier, the liver, the body shot, you know, that's going to be almost impossible to get on this guy <laughs> the way he was. And it's, and he had a very extreme angle there at, at certain times he was almost, almost sideways um, to his opponent. Yeah, I'm trying to find there is a there is a particularly good place where he um, uses that to land like a, let me let me see if I can find it. Okay. But he, he lands a, like a one-two that basically knocks the guy down and it's right, very quick. And like you said, it's because he's coming from this angle that is uh, very advantageous. No, that's a crouch, all right. You know, he's... See, I just don't like him dropping that hand. Like right there, that stuff I don't like. So he'd have been in very a lot of trouble in a an all in situation. But let's continue on. Yeah, I'm trying to find the knockdown. No, no, no. Okay, there right there. Well, that was just a straight right hand. Can you rewind yeah. it again? Yeah, but but you know, it's it's nice because it's so basic and so quick. Oh, it was it? It was a left. Yeah. Okay, I thought when I first saw it, it looked like a right hand. Um, but you know, like this, this I like because these guys are both defending, and something yeah. gets through, and it gets a gets a effect. If, versus the the heavyweights, where yeah. I get nervous because they just keep eating punches. Well, he threw the basic one two right right down the line. So the first, well, his right hand opened it up immediately, followed by the left. So it's like a what what happens there? The the uh, the uh, effect is almost like sleight of hand, okay? So you're, you see the, in this instance, his right hand, his jab coming at you. And then as it's retracting, that left is following it right up. And sometimes it becomes imperceptible. You can't see it. You you can't see that left coming. Um, 
in this guy's case, you know, also would be the opposite. It would be the left first and then the right hand. Um, very well executed. That was textbook. Boom, boom. See? It, and he just went right. Man, that's just just really nice. Can't. Yeah. See, that's what I like. I like that, that. That is the, the level of wizardry that I've learned to appreciate by watching a lot of boxing. And then Joe Joyce eating a bunch of punches is cringy. Well, again, I, he, he's not mobile, Joe Joyce. He, he's not a mobile guy. Uh, he's a big lumbering guy. But, you know, I don't see, like, you know, LeBron James is pretty big too. And he ain't a boxer, but he's got great footwork. He got good movement, you know. So yeah, this is just stuff that you really need to work on. Um, you know, maybe he has to drop weight. Whatever, we're just working on his fitness will make him light. Uh, if he's lighter, it'll make him faster and move. But once again, we don't know what's going on with him. You know, because of being 6'9 his whole life and maybe heavy, and he now he's obviously walking around heavier than what he's here. You know, his joints can take a big toll. You know, he may not have the mobility already, even at his age, his knees, his hips, oops, um, you know, may not give him the ability to move. Like you would think a guy his age would be able to move. These are questions that I have. These aren't, I don't have answers because I don't know the man. You know, we'd have to ask him directly. Right. Well, these are also not young guys. These guys, ex Olympians from, you know, eight years ago that are just like finishing their careers trying to make that last heavyweight run. But, you know, but, but Sonny Liston looked pretty good in his 40s or whatever he was. Like nobody actually knows his age for sure. People have to estimate it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he's uh, he's looking, he's trying to make a comeback. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, Sonny Liston has been sparring uh, secretly with JFK, John F. Kennedy Jr. And all this. Yeah, so, but yeah, Jersey Joe Walcott was an older guy. Well, he's not old compared to some of the guys nowadays, apparently. But, you know, I think, as a, I mean, who am I to tell these guys what to do? It's their life. It's their career. It's their money and income. They should do what they want to do. But your health, especially in boxing, this is we're not talking about getting a knee replaced. You know, you're talking about brain damage here that, you know, it, you know, even if you make an, an extra X amount of money, are you going to be able to really enjoy it? Because your faculties are gone. That's what you got to worry about. Right. And this is complete aside. And I don't know if anybody will care about this, but um, I listened to a little bit of uh, uh, Jim Lampley. Uh, oh, no, no. Yeah. I didn't know he was married to the lobster claw lady. It's crazy. You know, like there, there was a news, newscaster out of California who, who I think she was related to the um, family of the circus freaks. The, you know, the, the lobster man. with the, I with saw the, the lobster man when I was a kid. Right. So he had a whole bunch of kids. And one of his kids was a newscaster. She was a, a lady who was on all these like uh, California, I think LA based newscasts. And she was apparently very, you know, beautiful. I don't have like a visual of what she looked like, but Jim Lampley was married to her. I mean, she was his third wife and he was her second husband or something like that. But, you know, like uh, it's like a like royalty, television royalty. Man, I don't know if I'd want a hand job from her, man. I, just, <laughs> or, that would... or a foot job. She was she was apparently, you know, claws like, you know, weird structures on both both uh, ends. Um, well, you know, the actual lobster man, I saw him and his kid, his kids, and I remember him throwing a ball and the kid, you know, can't catch. He went to, he's 
he murdered, I think, his family or at least his wife. I think he might have killed the kid too. I, he went to jail, um, prison. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Um, yeah, no, I didn't know about Jim Lampley. I had forgotten. Well, he used to do all the broadcasts and stuff, you know. Um, I, I don't know if he, I don't think he had any actual boxing training, but. Um, no, he just hung out in the right place at the right time. You know, he had a lot of stories about Muhammad Ali and, you know, all this stuff that went down in uh, all the boxing fights that, that happened in the um, 60s, 70s, and 80s. You know, he's he's got a very good memory. He's like a, one of those guys that just snaps to with facts and figures that I have to Google to, to come up with. You know, and then... Well, all this- you know, boxing was was... So it was really different back then, real, like in the 70s, before all the different weight divisions. Um, they started to creep up around then, probably maybe even earlier, I don't remember. But, yeah, and we just had, like, legendary figures, you know. I mean, it's not just Ali. I mean, I mean, he was at the pinnacle. But, I mean, all the, like, so many of the heavyweights were legendary figures. And then you had guys like, you know, Carlos Manzan and before him, Sugar Ray Robinson and, Willie Pep and all of these, you know, just Rocky Marciano, on and on. These were like, you know, um, and I'm sorry, but MMA doesn't carry that kind of clout. And I don't even know if boxing carries that. I mean, you got guys like Floyd Mayweather, but once again, I don't know if these guys like Floyd Mayweather was is what I would consider a household name. I don't know if people who don't follow boxing would know him. But back in our day, people who didn't follow boxing certainly knew who Muhammad Ali was. Right, for sure. And like I, I was just watching recently uh, something about uh, Sonny Liston, who uh, was not liked enough to for like for the position of uh, you know because he was a heavyweight champ, and then like he was kind of not catching on with the crowds because it was the expectation that everybody on that level would be a household name. So he expected a, an airport full of people come greet him when he won the championship. Because that's just how it went. Now these guys will walk through an airport. Nobody will know who they are. Yeah, and, you know, and it's funny because MMA is, like, far more ex- – well, UFC, I should say, I guess. It's far more exposure um, because they're always on, but it's, like, pay-per-view. So I really don't know how many people are seeing it. I mean, it's diehard fans No people by name or know the known by face no doubt but um yeah there's you have athletes sometimes that just transcend you know right. uh mickey mantle babe ruth you know in baseball you know the jim brown football's a little more difficult um because well maybe not so much now but back then it was a little more difficult uh mainly because you know they wear helmets and it you know, a lot of them didn't do TV commercials and all of that jazz. So people may have heard of, for example, Jim Brown or Gail Sayers, but well, what do they really look like? You know, nowadays you pretty much know what, what these guys look like. You're but, so right. I, I heard that um, that's why they ditched uh, headgear for amateur boxing in the Olympics, because nobody knew who these people looked like and they couldn't follow them. Makes, you know, makes sense. Um, yeah, there's str- – you know, we're not marketing guys. Believe me, if I was a marketing guy, I'd be a millionaire. I don't know anything about marketing, but I know a little bit about common sense. And that is, you know, if I don't recognize you, like there's like, for example, actors, right. Or actresses. I don't recognize them because I don't follow acting right now. So I don't know the names uh, even, but yeah, back in the day, when I was a young kid, I don't 
I don't remember what athletes looked like. Um, baseball I did because I collected baseball cards, but I didn't have football cards. So I had no idea what a lot of football players look like. I literally had no clue. And that's why we're stuck with these like YouTube influencers because they effectively reach out more people than a guy that won the heavyweight championships in, in the UFC. I mean, like, who's tracking that? But everybody's got their phone and their top five favorite, you know, personalities, Mr. Beast. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on all that shit. I don't, it's just sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, legendary, you know, YouTuber, TikTok influencer dead at the age of 15 like what who and i'm not making that up you've read about it i mean who are yeah but, but you and i don't know but other people do you know that's that's the thing we're, we're the ones that are still going to the gym in person and seeing things in person and going to bars in person and complaining the signature room is closed you know we're, we're the the uh, dinosaurs oh we're the dinosaurs is that's right you know uh yeah it, you know, cutting because we're 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 coming close to winding down. We're keeping these very shorter podcasts, but you know what Martin, I'm assuming, was was trying to address to everybody out there is that there's there's subtleties that we looked at the uh, we looked at the gangs in the, the the bad guys in the gangway there in the alley throwing punches and strikes. We looked at some of these other boxers throwing punches at knock knockdown. But with the exception of that one punch, which was really effective, most of this could have been de- um, de- it wouldn't have happened. It could have been defeated if you just learned some subtleties, like awareness. E- even in a boxing ring, you, you need to be aware. Um, like Joe Jacobs or whatever his name is, Joe Joyce uh, needs needs to be aware of what's going on. Know that I- I'm right in front of this guy. That's not a right place for me to be. Uh, I should be moving my head. I'm not moving my head. That's all awareness. It's a different kind of awareness than the guy in the in the alley needed. But both of them needed footwork, movement, and the wherewithal to plan an exit. And in a boxing match, the exit wouldn't be running through the ropes. The exit would be finishing the fight by setting up for body shots or head shots afterwards. Uh so these are things that I don't believe a lot of people train enough. Uh, they want the the flashy stuff, the the head kicks or the uh, knockout punches. That's all fine and dandy, but um, man, if you if you know how to defend and move and and all of this, you can almost negate all those knockouts, uh, knockout blows. Right. Well, on that note, Tony, let's wrap it up, and uh, you know we're gonna plan this October seminar, and we're gonna come back with some details but it will be basically the same same thing and we'll we'll have fun well good and i want to thank you and i want to thank everybody out there for watching and or listening um you guys mean a lot you know we don't get to meet you people in person mainly because you're from maybe all over the world and we don't even hear from you but we just know that you're out there and that means something um so thank you everybody and thank you to Martino and I'll uh, see you this week during your private lesson on uh, Zoom. You bet. Bye-bye.